Hey everybody, welcome to the first ever episode of Building the Brand. Woo! Yay, first episode, <laughs> cheers. Thanks for being here. Cheers, thanks for having me. So, I am with the wonderful Alyssa. Alyssa, just tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do, how did you get to where you are today, and then hopefully, you know, I'll ask some questions and we'll bring some value to our listeners. Great. Uh, my name is Alyssa. I am the founder of ethical brand Hip Tipico, which I started in 2012 in rural Guatemala. So my background is in poverty reduction and economic development. I studied at Georgetown University in D.C. And then I worked in microfinance for a little bit at Kiva uh-huh. in San Francisco. And then I got contracted down to Guatemala in 2011 with an organization called Pencils of Promise. So um, I was one of their first employees on the ground in Guatemala trying to uh, get their operations up and running. They were in Laos and Nicaragua at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went down to kind of do some teacher trainings, home interviews, check on the projects and help them start building schools in Guatemala. And uh, I and guess... you speak Spanish and everything. Yeah, so... so yeah, so with my master's program, I had already studied Spanish for 10 years, but in order to get my master's in economic development of Latin America, I had to take a proficiency exam to exit. Um, so I already spoke Spanish, which was one of the reasons I got hired uh, to work in Guatemala. But you've never been to Guatemala before, Pencils no, of Promise. before just... that, I had did my study abroad in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I was there for six months. I did my master's thesis in Ecuador. Spent some time in Peru, Nicaragua, uh-huh. other parts of Latin America, but Guatemala was, is, seriously, it was never on my radar yeah. um, whatsoever. I was actually focusing more on like environmental sustainability, which is why I spent time in Costa Rica and Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when they said Guatemala, I was like, what? what? I don't, know what, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, they, they were based in Panajachel, but uh-huh. if you read the word Panajachel, I was like, what is this word? What's right, a panajachel? Like, I don't even <laughs> understand. How big, how many people are in that town? I think they say like 11,000, um, uh-huh. but there's like one main road yeah, and the rest are like cobblestone and there's tuk-tuks and um, it's a tiny little village uh, on the That's lake. So cool, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So I guess when I was in Guatemala for the year, uh-huh. I was doing a lot of home visits, teacher trainings, and I would go to really remote villages with Pencils of Promise. And, um, and uh, how did your brand Hip Typico start? How was it? Yeah. You just noticed that there were these artisan the designers and they just don't have an outlet or how, how Exactly. Yeah, so I would go to these villages and I would say like, "Hello, like we're, you know, I'm here. Yeah. I want to just get to know you a little bit more. We're going to be building a school." Um, some of these places like didn't have public transportation. Mm. We would trek like 20 minutes into yeah. the village to find the school that really needed help and I would be like, "Listen, you got me here. Is there anything else you need? If you need something with uh, you know, medical, um, dental, something. Mm-hmm. I can bring in someone who does eye tests. We can bring in someone who does, you know, dental work. Tell me because I made it here. Yeah. And I go back to where, you know, where we're based. We can tell another organization, hey, there's need here. So I was doing home interviews to mm-hmm. figure out how we can be most sustainable, not just build schools, but figure out else, else, what else they needed. And I would just be sitting there. They would all be women at home. I would do home interviews. There'd be kids jumping yeah. all over them. I mean, they all were my age at the time, 25, and they had multiple children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I would be asking them, and they'd say, like, oh, if I had a little bit more money, 
I'd buy my child better shoes. If I had a little bit more money, I'd get them a new backpack. If I had a little bit more money, they'd have Mm. better snacks. Yeah. And I'm watching her say if she had some money and she's weaving this like most spectacular thing in front of my eyes, just watching her talking to me, like making these motions (laughs) of wefting and and brocade and everything. And I was like, okay, you need money (laughs) to help your kids. And I want that. And everyone I know in New York yeah. City wants whatever that tail runner is, scarf, whatever it is. Where were they selling is. it before? Nowhere. There, she was making it for herself. So she was making it for... The, oh, okay. So she was making something for herself, and I said, can I buy that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, how much would that be? And she probably like under... She, like, she doesn't even know, know she, how she much that's no worth. She's she like, probably spending like weeks making it, though. Months. Months. And she's like, I don't know, something maybe like an equivalent of $20. And I'm like... Okay, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and so I just got, it was multiple times over yeah. a year period that it was the same story, the same humble, talented woman who cared about her children. And I just mm. really related to that. And it was just like this amount of pride um, in their in their culture and their work. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I can't yeah. finish my contract with Pencils of Promise and then take these stories and leave. Mm-hmm. I know what they are capable of. I know their story. They trusted me in telling me what their needs yeah. are, and I'm going to finish my contract and leave. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, so I just stayed and I focused on women and uh, the weavers mainly. And that's where the spark came for Hip Tipico, where it's just like they don't need an education. They don't yeah. need. Um, they don't really need anything. They have a talent. They just didn't have an you outlet. Like an audience, a bigger audience, right? To go. Yeah, they need access to markets. Mm-hmm. So I built a market. I built a website. And I taught myself. And this was like, was this, like, walk me through, like, where was, like, Instagram at this time? Like, this right. was even before. Totally. Of. So I didn't start using yeah. Instagram at all. So this was, I moved to Guatemala in 2011. Instagram just opened. It was, yeah. like, first No year. one knew what they were doing. I was posting, like, no one, no one, selfies. Yeah. yeah, no one used it. And yeah. it had, like, those black borders around oh, it. And it was, like, those filters. Oh. Um, so I started dabbling with Instagram like that, but personally... And then 2012, when I started Hip Tipico, it was, now people were using Instagram and I started, right. but it was really Facebook was, in, was like the platform that mm-hmm. I was able to reach my network of people in New York, people in the States. And then I started using Instagram little by little after, after that. But I started the building so the brand without uh, so Instagram. You, so Facebook and like the actual website. Yes. It was like word of mouth that was starting it? Uh, yes, and immediately I started a newsletter. Uh-huh. So one of the main things I did was, you know, uh, a MailChimp newsletter, Facebook. Yeah. Facebook ads were a thing. I definitely yeah. used Facebook ads. I was like, okay, I'm going to take No, the... Facebook ads are good. Now that's like too much because everyone's <laughs> using them. Yeah, the whole, that's a whole other story <laughs> now. But back then it was like how I could reach people, and uh-huh. it worked. Um, so that's what I immediately started was word of mouth. Um, and then the brand started growing on its own because like I wasn't selling anything I just like built a website and like taught myself photography and like photoshop and whatever and like put pictures of artisans up and their story up and some products because you never studied like marketing in school or anything so you were just figuring out as you were doing it which is probably the better way because you need to be like a practitioner of what you're actually doing to know how it works yeah I didn't know anything about um like really numbers or business from like that finance side um at all um I grew up in a family business so I had like an idea about it um but I didn't know how to use a camera I didn't know how to do graphic design I didn't know how to build a website but there were tools in YouTube I mean there was just there was tools at my fingertips and I just focused on teaching myself how to do all of that and I built a website and put some pictures up and then I just told my friends like hey don't go to the mall Uh 
buy a scarf from Maria or like, Hey, like don't get a clutch, you know, at Nordstrom. Like, why don't you just check the website and you can buy one from Juana? Like there's a picture of her and there's her product. Um, it was such a mess. Um, (laughs) but yeah, people were like, Oh my God. Yeah. Why not? Why Mm -hmm. don't I, why wouldn't I do that? Right. So I use my network that way. Uh That was like initial. And did you like, were you like, I'm going to give myself a year to like try and see if I'm able to like make this actually take off or what was your plan? There was no business plan. Zero. There was no beta period. There was no, uh, there was no plan. It was like in the moment I had these stories, I had these women and what you learn about Guatemala is like, there is no tomorrow. They need money Mm -hmm. today. They were suffering like today. And I just was like, gave them my word. I said, I will do whatever I can. Mm -hmm. I will try whatever I can. And they were like, we want to buy Christmas presents for our kids this year. And I was just like, oh my God. (laughs) Right. And so like, I just got into, it was a lot of pressure. And I was like, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I can for you. And that's, I think half of like the startup or making your Uh own business is like, you just don't stop. Right. You just do what you have to do. Um, And like not afraid to fail. But this, you know, you have a lot of people, I guess, depending on you at this point, but... Yeah, so I was going to say, like, ignorance is bliss in this sense that I didn't know really what was going into it. Obviously, I always had that feeling of, like, I could fall back. I'm like, Mike, I have a master's from Georgetown. Like, if I lose everything, at least I can say I've given everything to the women. I've tried everything I could for them. And, like... I'm going to, you know, I can go back to fall back on getting another job if I really had to. But my focus was not even Mm -hmm. like that. It was just like, I made a promise and I'm going to do everything I can. To keep it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so was was there like a, do you remember like a breakthrough moment where like all of a sudden, you know, you started getting sales, people knew what you were doing and you like felt like you were actually helping these women. Like, do you remember that moment? Yeah. um, Yeah. You talk about it a little bit. Yeah, sure. Like, um, so immediately like this, it was like August 2012 when I like, formulated yeah. hip to be go. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, Oh, is it a brand? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. They're like, are you going to put, <laughs> are you going to put your name yeah. on it? You're going to put hip to be go as a name. And I thought, Oh, I thought it was just like a marketplace. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, maybe it is a brand. Um, I didn't even know what a brand was. Like, this yeah. is how like not into that world. Right. I, I and was. Really quick, what does hip to be go mean? Uh, so typical is like what they call the traditional clothing that the women wear, mm-hmm. typically the women wear, um, in, in the indigenous cultures in Guatemala. And then hip, I was just trying to make it more relatable to the modern world. Trying to be hip. Like hip. Trying to be yeah. hip. <laughs> so that's where hip typico <laughs> comes from. I was just trying to blend the two worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so August, 2012. Yeah. So started. then I, st- I just, I, that's why like I formulated the company in New Jersey. It is a company based uh-huh. out, of, out of New Jersey incorporated there. Um, and then people kept asking me if it was a brand and then I just decided to like make a logo yeah. like with like I like the logo the, logo's nice the, I think you got the new one now okay <laughs> <laughs> there was not the original <laughs> um, I made a logo I printed tags and I started like branding things I just uh-huh. like, started sewing tags into whatever I was selling and then um, my father helped me he was like you should go to a trade show mm-hmm. you should bring your products to That's market true. and I yeah. said what's a trade show <laughs> Simple yeah. as that. And so my father has a retail business and he's a buyer on the uh-huh. other side for um, outerwear and like sporting goods. So he's like, when I go to trade show, like I'm looking to buy, you know, certain mm-hmm. products that I need for the store. So you should bring your products and then, you know, I will help you. Right. What you sell, you can pay back, you know, the booth and everything like that. I had amazing contacts from Pencils of Promise, someone who really helped me get into one of the top trade shows in New York. No waiting mm-hmm. list. They don't let ethical brands in. Um, and they gave me a booth for 50% yeah. off. And awesome. so it was like in a really great moment. And it was just stars aligned for me to be able to go to the capsule show in New York. And I set up a booth. 
<laughs> Gosh, um, I just filled it with like Guatemalan yeah. <laughs> stuff. I just filled it. And people were buying it. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, right? Like, there's like all these things that go into a booth and I didn't really do any of them. And I was sitting there for like three days, like kind of like alone and just being It was all you. You didn't have like any helpers or any like friends you like brought along with? No, my my dad uh, gave me someone to help, one of his trucks to help me like bring stuff in and unload. But like, but other than that, you. It was me. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I did that. And then one day, uh, I was just sitting there and, um, one, two girls came into the booth. They like looked around. They were like, picture, picture, picture. Mm -hmm. Here's my card and walked away. Oh, wow. And it was free people. And it was, um, there was one of the head buyers at free people. And she's someone to this day that's still buying with me today. She's bought with me every single season since 2013, February, 2013. So that was, I would say like the moment where I was like, holy shit. This could actually work. Like free people. She like I saw her eyes when yeah. she walked in there. She was like, and her assistant was just like, mm-hmm. and it was just that moment where I was like, yeah, yeah okay, okay, <laughs> we got, got it. Like I got, I got it. And then from there was Urban Outfitters. Mm. Not at this trade show, but since Free People, we worked with Urban Outfitters, a lot of units, Urban Outfitters, yeah. Topshop, ASOS. We had big accounts with them, and um, that's when I just knew it was it worked, and it did work yeah. because we were profitable because I had so many wholesale right. orders. And then after that, when I made them all branded. So on the ASOS website, it was hip typico crossbody bag. Got they it. were not selling it as any, they were selling it under my, my brand. So also then, when Urban Outfitters was selling it, it was hip typico sandals. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we were selling everything under our name and then that's how we started. People started looking for us and then we got traffic to the website because yeah. I would get people on the website saying, Hey, I saw you on the urban website, uh-huh. but I want to buy directly from you. Mm-hmm. And then we started. Would still go with the pro- pro- proceeds still go then to the women, even if Urban Outfitters and all those. Yeah. So I mean, so. essentially, because we're a social business, all of our profits yeah. get reinvested into new products. Right. So everything gets reinvested into the country, awesome. into a production, into the into the women making new designs and things like that. Well, so that was my moment when yeah, three people the, like dropped in my booth. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And then how did like I guess so you have two accounts. I noticed you have like your personal brand, which is correct. Quite a bit of followers. I think it's like forty-five thousand something. something like and also the hip typical is also another like forty-five, forty-six, something like that. Yes. I don't know. Yes. But like, which came first, and how did that? Can you walk us through like how yeah. that? Yeah. So actually, everything with the company was really personal. It was always yeah. me. So I started running the Instagram under the handle mm-hmm. Hip Typico, mm-hmm. and it was me talking about my stories and talking about the women and posting about my life and posting about um, the women and the products all yeah. under one. And yeah. it was just hip typico and I was hip typico. Mm-hmm. And then as I started branching out of Guatemala and I was traveling a little bit more on my own and the girls on the team were helping with social media, they were like, yeah. well, if you post you know, from New Jersey or you post from um, Thailand, I, w- I went to travel in Thailand mm-hmm. for myself, they're like, they're all going to be confused. Yeah. So then I stayed hip to be when we opened hip to be market mm-hmm. because I was like, they're like, everyone associates hip to be with you. You can't leave. You can't like, it's <laughs> it just pays. not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So we opened hip to be market. I had interns running hip to be market products, stories, what mm-hmm. it is now. And that's what happened. And, um, so this one hip to be yeah. was growing, growing, growing. This one started from zero. So uh-huh. we started from zero, maybe 2015. Yeah. Uh, we had to start fresh. And then as I started to stray away from the brand mm-hmm. and uh, the brand was getting more like kind of traction on its own and we were clearly right. two separate things, yeah. 
I changed the hip to be go to Alyssa and hip to go market went to hip to be go. So I actually started with all of these like hip to be go followers. I already had maybe there might've been like 15 when I switched and this had like eight, you know? So like we tried (laughs) to just get everyone over there and then I started growing my brand, my personal brand separate, um, obviously intertwined, but as two separate. Is it hard though? Like I'm like tired, just like commenting and liking from like my own thing. Or when you first started, like it was just you doing it and now like, did you hire like people to help and stuff? Yes. So mine has always been me. No one has ever touched or logged in or done anything for me. Hip to be go. I ran for a while. I had interns running. Every joint ran it. Now I don't, I don't touch hip to be go social media in maybe a Mm. year or two. I don't, I don't go there. Actually hip to be go is much better than mine Mm -hmm. because the girls are logged in all the time. Uh-huh. They are engaging every day. They have their protocol of what they have to do to keep maintain it. So yeah. actually, hip to be go actually keeps getting its keeps, followers. Yeah. I just like log in once in a while. I right. try to engage as much as possible, but I also want my private life. Yeah. Um, so I'm at a stage where I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to give more full time to my Instagram mm-hmm. um, because it actually is a full time job if you want to you know, it keep is. maintaining, uh, yeah. all the activity. Yeah. I feel like people underestimate, like you have to actually like dedicate hours of your day to comment, respond. It has to be organic. And, like, it, it has to nice. be. Um, and the algorithm changed. So how I grew hip to be go and Alyssa yeah. before doesn't work anymore. There was like other ways and other tactics mm-hmm. to kind of grow your Instagram and get reach. Right. It's much more challenging now to get an organic reach. What There's a lot more competition. Right so now. right now it is very much proven. You have mm-hmm. to be an active user. Instagram will reward someone who is on there for hours. They want Mm -hmm. to say there are X amount of hours of users on Instagram, meaning your app has to be open and you have to be engaging. Mm -hmm. If you are not, I don't, I haven't even opened my Instagram once today. Instagram hates me. I can watch (laughs) my reach goes like this. I haven't opened my app today. I did three days without posting. So you watch it every day. So that's why people are like, oh, you just do on Instagram. It's like, no, you have to dedicate your time to it. And, and it's Insta- not just posting every day. You have to like like and comment on other people's mm-hmm. things. Yep. All so it should be all about engaging on similar content, um, engaging on people that you really, you know, admire other yeah. accounts that you like that you want to emulate or that, you know, relate to you in some sense. You have to engage with them. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair for me to expect my followers to like comment on all of my things yeah. if I don't answer them. Right. Then they might as well just be commenting on a phone. Exactly. I'm a person, so I have to answer everyone and thank them for their comments because yeah. my thing is a building a community of people and I don't expect them to do anything for me if I'm not going right. to do anything for them. So it just has to be you know, mutually beneficial yeah. to it's the like people. It's like social media, like you have to be social. I feel like that's and, the number one thing. Yeah. And people want a quick fix. Mm-hmm. They just want the followers and the comments, and it's you have to put in the work. Exactly. What do you think yeah. of like influencer marketing? Like, is it still like relevant today? Like yeah. collabing with influencers. Like, does that work? Or, yes. Yeah. Um, I think so, and I think it's really cool because I've done it from both sides. Like yeah, as right. HipTubeGo as a brand, we've sent things to influencers, and we can see like the ROI. We can see the yeah. return on investment. And then me as an influencer, I know what I have to do to provide what I say I'm going to. Um, right. And now I know how to check. If that influencer is really an influencer. There's, no. there's so many ways to just really, to really find out if yeah. they're really going to have an engagement um, or not. Um, right now, I think sometimes there's like a lot of different feelings about giveaways. I've, I've had mm-hmm. like very natural organic giveaways that are very thoughtful, yeah. um, with niche, uh, groups of people. And they, they're really a great mm-hmm. way to reach people, um, that you, that you want to get new followers that would engage in your, in your posts. Um, but those have to be well thought out. You can't just do these, like pay for these giveaways. Um, send a few boxes. Yeah. You know. 
I mean, and then you're just going to get ghost followers. So that's true. Are you using any other stuff or is it Instagram primary? So right now it's mainly Instagram. Uh, we obviously use Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to push to be go towards Pinterest. Um, so Pinterest yeah. for us, we get a lot of natural engagement from Pinterest and we do nothing over there. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to push, yeah, yeah. um, Pinterest for the, for the brand side of things, because we do so much with photography. Mm-hmm. We target photographers that Pinterest is like a really cool place to reach new people. Sure. You should do something like LinkedIn, I think. Like LinkedIn blogs, because LinkedIn has like really good organic reach, kind of like what Facebook had seven um, years ago. Like if you do a lot of like, you because you can also boost the LinkedIn articles, and then I'm like kind of more like the businessy side of HipTipico totally. if you want, or maybe like stories on these people on LinkedIn. I, I think that could okay. That we're could gonna be good. okay. We're gonna have to try that. I, mean, I suggest LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, like you great. can blow up things, go viral, okay. or TikTok. That might be too. Okay, yeah. What do you think? Thoughts on TikTok? I don't TikTok? know enough about I started, TikTok. I started a TikTok a month ago. And fourteen hundred followers. Okay. What do, you, like what do videos, you do on there? <laughs> some videos got like twelve thousand views, and I'm like, I didn't even. Well, so I just post like travel videos. That's what I do. So I did like you know just like simple like pans and stuff, and it gets like ten thousand views sometimes, sometimes two hundred, but. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like there are a lot of like travel creators on there, and I think it would be cool. I mean, it's super easy. You just like you know, mm-hmm. do like close up shot of them like weaving or whatever. Right, so from the brand side. From the brand side, yeah, you just do that, and then post it just like whatever music is trending because you always put it to a certain song. So whatever song is trending, and I'll post. Are there the, people who care on TikTok enough about weaving? There are people who are probably interested in the fashion side. There's like yeah. a whole fashion category, and the thing is, I think soon like it's going to be a much older demographic. Like, I know that NFL had just partnered with TikTok for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of, like, bigger brands partnering with them, so I think it's going to be even more popular. Well, but I'm waiting for something because Instagram is, like, yeah. people are getting super fed th- up with I Instagram. Think, so. Yeah, I think TikTok. But it's, like, at first when Instagram started, we thought, oh, it's just a bunch of, like, teenagers on it. And, like, what's this ever going to be? It's, like, the same thing with everything. Yeah. So right now, yeah, there's a lot of, like, 12-year-olds dancing and stuff on <laughs> That's it. That's what I think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> okay, there are a lot you. of that. But I think in, like... A year, like I mean, the thing is, I don't think it like hurts to try. So I would yep. like next time, I'll just take some videos and like make a hip typical TikTok okay. account, and then just like see how it does. Got it. We will. You never know. You never know. We also have a pretty young demographic on hip typical, so That's it's true. possible. No. Okay. So I recommend that. And like, what other things do you recommend for like a fashion brand? Like um, yeah, I mean, I think what a lot of the world is moving towards, especially fashion, is like transparency. Yeah. People are like getting really fed up with you know, Forever 21 or any of these other big brands that are just mm-hmm. made in China and they don't have any storyline. And yeah. I think most of the fashion industry is really looking towards having more of of that story. So in terms of being able to, whether that's through Instagram, through blogging, uh, through your website, is trying to find a little bit more transparency around where yeah. your stuff is coming from is like where everything is moving. Are there other competitors? I mean, I know there are other like ethical fashion brands, mm-hmm. but like what are like the biggest competitors and how are you? differentiating so I would say yeah no I would say (laughs) that there's some other brands out of Guatemala there's other brands out of Mexico and I think um, there's there's two sides to it we have some brands that are just like this non-profit they're like charity based Mm -hmm. and they'll have products and they have the really they have the story but they don't really have like the brand they have that like charity focus and there's not really great with the digital Mm -hmm. but they can sell really well because you know where your money is going 
Then we have these other ones that would be like very commercial. You're just like, you want that product. They've gone like high fashion route and it's, you know, using Guatemalan textiles, but you don't really get the story. So Mm -hmm. our goal is to be right in the middle. And I think we've managed to stay right in the middle. So we have competitors, but we can differentiate ourselves from the 501c3s because Mm -hmm. we're like, we get back, but we're really cool about it. And then we have these really big, cool commercial companies, but there's nothing honest about their stories. Mm -hmm. So we try to like find that balance, but between the two. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the world wants fashion to go. Yeah. Would you ever consider, is it, do you think you're going to stick with Guatemala or like, do you have plans on expanding? Yeah. So I have, I have plans on, ex- on expanding. Um, yeah. My, one of my biggest goals is to go to Ethiopia, which is where I'm trying yeah. to go uh, next week. Um, and it's one of the oldest traditions. There's, you know, we can trace back like all of our ancestors coming right. from there. So yeah. it's just something about the traditions of Guatemala and how far back the, you know, the Maya culture goes. Mm-hmm. I just think it could be really cool to kind of find a similar context um, in a different yeah. country and then try to blend the two. Even if I'm getting some art, make some context with artisans or other brands, doing a collaboration, bringing back some fabrics or any type of artisan good beadwork and incorporating it into what we're doing in Guatemala would be my goal. So to be able to have the impact we yeah. have on the women in Guatemala, I would like to impact other artisans. And now you're well. at a point you could probably like travel there. You don't have to like necessarily manage the business. Correct. Or you could do it remotely probably, right? Yeah. So the business kind of runs on its own. Um, my goal was always to hire locals. Uh, yeah. The story with Hip Pico is all about the indigenous culture and I feel like it's their story to tell. Mm-hmm. It's not really my story to tell. Um, and I really feel like they don't work for me. I work for them. Yeah. My goal is to tell their story the best way possible. And I think Guatemalans doing it themselves. So I have a whole team of Guatemalans on the ground running the company. They call me if they need me, but mm-hmm. it's really, it's theirs to have. And so I would love to be able to take what I did there and hopefully impact some other artisans and maybe empower some other women in other countries. Okay. And I have the space to do it. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. And like last last question. Okay. What do you? Because I know you have a busy day here in London. Um, so, you know, what advice would you give for like a young entrepreneur looking to kind of get in there, create a brand? Like, what's like? It just give me. I know there's a lot of things. Totally. Number one thing that they should do. Yeah. So I would say I I get this question a lot. One thing is a lot of people are like, I want to build a brand, but I don't know what I want it to be. It's not how it has to be. You have to have your passion. Whatever your passion is, then you can go with that and you can build something around it. But don't just want to build something to build something. The other thing that I think is also really important that I wish someone told me, mm-hmm. it is not glamorous. It is <laughs> so hard. Your pictures look glamorous though. Okay, thank you. So. <laughs> oh my God, it is so hard. I mean, it's fine running, running a yeah. business, running a brand, having control over it. But then, I mean, I have to manage a team of 10. Yeah. It, they depend. I mean, you, you're no longer you, you mm-hmm. become something else and it's fine for an extent. But after eight years, I'm realizing like how much of my time just went to right. that, um, <laughs> how hard it is human resources, managing a staff, being a good boss, being a good leader uh, is really, sure. really hard. I, I try to lead the team as much as possible, but you have to do it by, by example. Yeah. And you can't tell anyone what to do. You have to show them what to do. So it's like a lot of time and energy and it sucks a lot out <laughs> of you. Um, if yeah. you have the, the idea that you want to help, like mm. if you have this like strong passion for wanting to give back or wanting to help, I would say a really good way is to find another project that you're passionate about and join there and really help to boost other brands. Because right now we're in this segment of like everyone wants to do their own mm. thing. 
And it's like, we can also all really join our forces together and like help other brands kind of keep going in the direction that uh, they started. And yeah. I hear so many people being, I want to start a company in Guatemala. And I'm like, just think about it really well and go <laughs> yeah. for it. If you have this strong, deep passion about it, but know what you're getting into, go like. for it. And the number one thing is you can't give up. Mm-hmm. You can't, I wanted to close a thousand times. I was yeah. broke a thousand times. I was exhausted and tired and couldn't go on. But if you have a bigger purpose and you have this desire to do it, you just, you can not stop. And if it's your passion, then hopefully like you don't, won't even want to stop because you'll enjoy doing it, enjoy doing it. And like, Oh wait, I actually got paid for it too. Yeah. And so it'll, it's worth it in the end, yeah. uh, but just expect uh, a rough road. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much thank for you. being on building the brand. Where can we find you at your social channels? Okay. So you can find hip Tipico uh, on Instagram and Alyssa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right there. Right there. Somewhere here. Uh, on Instagram is the best place to find us. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much and good luck in Ethiopia. (laughs) Thank you.